0: Welcome to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I am so excited and totally honored to have a friend, a friend from way back in the days of Luan, who has gone on to do incredible things, Jack Jennings. She's a coach to conscious leaders, a business consultant, a group facilitator, and a facilitator of decolonizing practices. What I love about you, Jack, is that there's no one better than you to properly introduce yourself. What else should we know?
1: I'm so excited to be here with you, so thanks. So as you said, my name is Jacqueline Jennings, and my pronouns are she and her. And I identify as a woman of mixed heritage. So I am uh, white and Indigenous. My ancestors are Anishinaabe, Cree, and Métis from Northern Ontario, around Moose Factory cremation, and also Alberta, Beaver Lake cremation, as well as French, Scottish, and Jewish. So of the first people of this land and of settler descent and I live and work and play in the traditional territory of the Squamish and Shishelt nations
0: amazing if only I have goosebumps I mean if only we could be aware of the things that matter like this and it's because of people like you that help well, it's so appropriate that we dive right into the work that you have just come back from doing, which was your soulful retreat for entrepreneurs. And the highlights, I'm sure among many, was that you chose to do this on a ranch with horses. And in fact, we needed to reschedule our podcast date because you were out riding. And that to me is just really living. And I want to know where the inspiration for these sorts of retreats have come from and your lessons and learnings along the way
1: oh thank you for asking me this because it's just my favorite thing to talk about and i feel like this is especially relevant because of how we know each other from our days at lululemon where i was introduced and indoctrinated into the work around vision and goals Mm -hmm. and this is really where this retreat stems from is I'm so crystal clear on my long-term vision and that really, I find, connects to purpose. And so for me, my work today really re- revolves around a mission of supporting people in remembering that we are not separate from each other and from nature and from the source, which is either God or the universe or science or you know, whatever it means to you. And so this retreat is an extension of that. I really found in my work in corporate Canada, in the corporate world and within retail and tech that there was this lie we were all believing that we were having a separate personal life and business life. And especially when I started working with entrepreneurs, this becomes even less distinct. I really believe there's one life. And so, i can't help but be really mindful of how i spend my time working and an exercise that myself and my work wife Mellinson, melanson who is my co-host of this retreat did early on together is What does your dream work week look like if you had a magic wand and so for me if i i'm really good i have a great imagination so i'm really good at this exercise i said I would wake up and there'd be guided meditation, probably by Sarah Blondin or Carolyn Budgel, who are two of my favorite meditation teachers. Someone else would make breakfast and lunch and dinner, be really good food. There'd be horses somehow, because they're my favorite. And I'd get to work with entrepreneurs who are coming from a soulful place or leaders who are connecting all parts of themselves. Um, into their work, and um, we'd be in like a beautiful natural landscape. And I said that out loud to her, and she said, Me too. And so we decided to create it.
0: That is so awesome. And how many people were at your last retreat?
1: We had 26 participants, and it's the fourth time we've done this retreat. We did a major upgrade on the curriculum this year, and they came from all industries. They, we had someone join us from Australia with like three days' notice all over California we've had participants from Switzerland and France and England and all over the US and Canada.
0: That is so awesome and you took everyone up to a ranch in northern
1: BC? It's actually just in the interior near Kamloops in Ashcroft which is high desert which is pretty cool. Sagebrush and actual tumbleweeds.
0: Amazing and you all rode horses?
1: We all rode horses. One of the things I've been adding to my toolkit this year is a certification in equine facilitated wellness. So in addition to riding, we also did ground and energy work with the horses at Liberty. So I'm on my two feet, they're on their four feet, and we're playing with our energetic fields, communication, leadership dynamics. They are the most powerful teachers
0: that is so cool i admittedly the athlete in me a, a lot of coaches in the athletic realm have either coached within the equestrian space or were you know rode horses themselves before transitioning into other athletic pursuits and People that I have met in that space have a certain energy about them and stories and experiences that are truly, truly profound. So it doesn't surprise me at all that, of course, you would integrate this work and, of course, it would be, you know, so radically transformational for all of your people.
1: I didn't know that, but it does make sense because horses, you know, there's like that you've probably heard, like they can smell fear. Ah, oversimplification. But what I've learned about them is that they. Don't see incongruency. It just shows up as noise. So if you aren't in your body, and if you aren't being honest with yourself about how you feel, they really can sense into it. So that translates so beautifully into coaching people who need to be embodied, like athletes and leaders, because it's a it's like black and white. Like there's no, oh, you're sort of halfway there. You're sort of not. It's like nope. Something's off.
0: Yeah. Amazing! Wow. And what would you say has been your greatest takeaway or learning lesson as the leader and as the visionary of this? What have have you taken away, Jack?
1: That's a really good question. I don't think I can narrow it down to one thing, so I'm going to give you a couple. Beautiful. We both know this, and this is something that I don't think comes as as a surprise, but is constantly reaffirmed, which is everyone is a leader. You can be a leader in your family, in your church, in your community, in your business. Even if you aren't the authority, so there's a big difference between being the authority and the leader. And that that really shows up for me. I think the the biggest takeaways are often about like I have a sense of how important the work is of healing ourselves of transforming and shifting, limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves that are often from our childhoods. Mm. But every time I do it, I'm I'm blown away by what a transformation that can create for people and in their businesses. I've been doing it a long time. So I'm very acclimatized and inevitably at the end, of the week people are realizing maybe they set up an entire career around a a wound or a limiting belief and that it's just that easy to lay it down like it's not it's not easy it's simple it's hard to let go of limiting beliefs because they serve us and they protect us and there's lots of reasons that they show up but there's a simplicity to letting it go and then seeing what is possible when we're coming from a place of wholeness is mind blowing.
0: That's awesome. Now, Matt was sharing with me that he thought you this was your last retreat. And what I'm happy to hear is that this is in fact not your last retreat.
1: <laughs> yes. So Bree, who I co-host with and I have been on this journey for 4 years and we actually met as mentors at a teen Girl yoga empowerment retreat put on by our friend Ali Maz, Alex Mazerul from Girl Vanna Yoga. And that was about six years ago. And Bri and I's relationship is funny because she is an incredibly gifted psychic medium and healer and a channel. and that was like so foreign to me and I started um, off as her bu- friend and business coach. And, and so our work has evolved, but it was never meant to be forever. It was an experiment that we were running and you know something where we chased our joy. And this year in particular, we found that neither of us were feeling good promoting. We both really increased the number of events that we host, and it takes a lot of promotion. And, that sort of marketing, I find to be not something that likes up. And we were just both sick of talking about stuff we were doing. And there was an evolution that needed to happen. Anyways, long story short, we were on the retreat. We announced that it was going to be our last one. And we had people reaching, dozens of people reaching out to us every day. The participants were saying like, you can't, this can't be it. And we, I think we just saw it through, a new lens we i was actually doing breath work and i got a major download about how we could approach our promotion very differently and so we changed our minds
0: beautiful i love the stories of i changed my mind i just love it we make these promises and i love a promise and i love the integrity of following through with the promise and i love commitments and i love a freaking by when date and i'm gonna hold true and you know what else i love changing course <laughs> and I love it when we say the sailboat's going in another direction and that's awesome and you're you've probably already sold out haven't you
1: we we actually are announcing it today so by the time this airs it'll know probably
0: it will probably be sold out but if it's not knowing that it will be announced we'll make sure that it's included in the show notes below and if nothing else you might get on a wait list with jack and brie <laughs>
1: And this year, we will have scholarships and payment plans, which is part of my download.
0: Amazing. So awesome. Well, you mentioned something which I think is the perfect segue into the next question that I wanted to riff on you about, and that is the fact that we are all leaders, and I think it's beautiful, and it's brilliant, and it's not to be overlooked that we can choose to be a leader wherever we want in this day and age. And that can be at home, at work, in a community setting, you name it. And I want to start at home. And you are an amazing mama to a beautiful little guy. And I care about this question for you in particular about raising a young boy in today's landscape of healthy masculinity. And... What does that mean for you, and how are you doing it and creating such a conscious child where you live on the coast?
1: Tell me about that, Jack. Yeah, being leaders in parenting is such a massive responsibility. And as someone who really values decolonization and intersectional feminism, I think raising a little human who may not, we're not 100% sure, but he may identify as, as a man when he's older. It, it feels like a like a doubly responsible. He's also, for the most part, white passing, which adds a layer of, of importance. So
0: can you explain that so that everyone knows what you mean by white passing? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So white passing is what we call someone who for the majority of people is going to show up in the world as someone with a white identity. He is not totally white, I guess is the clumsy way of saying that. So there's a lot of people of mixed race who present. And I I joke that I present seasonally as white, though I have an indigenous and mixed identity, racial identity. So um, he, he presents similarly to me, but he has blonde hair at the moment. So we'll see what happens. But he, he will probably be a white passing man which means that he will benefit from the privilege that that affords and cisgendered white men in our society are the top of the privilege pyramid they yield the most influence and power in systems that exist at the moment that could very well change by the time he's an adult let's friggin hope so hope so <laughs> So when I talk about that, you know, it's really important for me that I acknowledge the responsibility. And I really feel like a position of leadership is a is a huge position of responsibility to be of service. And so in raising my son, the things that I think about, and to be honest, I didn't read like a ton of parenting books. I'm not that type of learner. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but for the most part, the way that I have develop myself in all areas of my life has been through mentorship and so it's been really valuable for me to have parent mentors Mm -hmm. so those are parents or mamas who have kids that are a bit older that are a bit further down the path and two in particular that are very close to me are total badasses and both raising really conscious children and have really parented them consciously. So what I observe from them is to get really clear on my values around parenting. And what is really important for me in raising my son with everything that I know about the world is that he understands his position of privilege, that he understands systems of oppression, that he really gets the concept of consent, And that he is fundamentally kind because I think that all three of those counteract the saturation of toxic masculinity that he's going to face in media and in our society and even in our community. And I've been learning a lot about how toxic masculinity exists because of colonization Mm. and that the more that I can do to decolonize my parenting and decolonize myself, I can support him in tapping into what a healthy balanced masculinity looks like, which isn't necessarily more quote unquote feminine, but it's less about violence, power, power over and more about being in service and protection and giving, you know, we gave him like a, Emotional vocabulary, he can, he can articulate more than three feelings and that already, he'll, he'll be five in a couple of weeks, feels like a huge achievement because that's not even the way our generation was raised and definitely not how our parents were raised. Right. More than three emotions. That's really wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Boys will be boys is not something that is said in our house. You might as well say the F word. like. Okay. It's like a full on record scratch. Boys will be boys. Like, no. I like it. I like it a lot.
0: That's that's awesome. Now I want to go beyond the leader in your home that you are, and now let's transition to the leader in the workspace and the workplace that you've had, you know, phenomenal exposure to from corporate Canada and America now in you know, just in different ways, be it entrepreneurs or or organizations differently. And one thing that Matt bro was very emphatic that I must jam with Jack on is what is the personal development or leadership development work that matters most to our leaders today and where should they be investing in
1: hmm. thank you thank you Matt he's coming to hang out with me tomorrow so this one for me is so easy so my my vision for the future is that we need more and better leaders and I, very soon after you and I met, so in about 2012, I had a huge epiphany that I had built a career around a limiting belief that resulted from a wound, you know, a situation that happened in my childhood where I absorbed a belief that I was incompetent, lazy, disorganized and late. Oh my
0: (laughs) word. Those are words, by the way.
1: That no one would ever, ever use to describe Jacqueline Jennings. <laughs> oh, you bet they wouldn't. Because since nine years old, I have been setting out to create a container for, you know, hiding, wow. hiding that. And, um, and what that looked like was not, you know, I had this internal dialogue that was like, not only am I not disorganized, late, incompetent, or, and lose, losing things was a part of that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to professionally do those things for the most difficult people to, to do it for. So I had a career, I'd established myself in a career at a very senior level, working for very high profile executives, professionally keeping them organized. I was an executive assistant. I did chief of staff work and I would manage myself and them and their whole lives. But I kept getting burnt out and I kept getting pneumonia in February. And I was like, what is wrong with me? This is clearly my passion. Because I would, every time I achieved something or I got praise or, you know, like someone would come to the door of my office and say like, I don't know how you do this. You're saving my life. You are amazing. You are a superhero. I would just feel this like shower of golden, like light and warmth inside me, but it was fleeting. And it's because it was trying to fill this hole. And so what it was, was validation and compensation instead of like an, an actual passion or purpose. And when I had that realization, which shout out to therapy and EMDR in particular, and was able to heal that trauma and reframe it, it I was able to shift. And it wasn't 180 degrees into a totally different career, but what I realized the common thread is I loved working with leaders and entrepreneurs, just doing it from a different place now. So that is all to say that I think the most important work that any leader can do on themselves is figure out what you need to heal. Mm -hmm. Like what, what is that wound? And, and the work I do with Brie and a lot of the psychotherapists and mental health professionals that I have the privilege of collaborating with, They say that usually that wound is somewhere before the age of seven, so it could be being picked last for the team. Like, it doesn't have to be some big trauma, because for children, right, like trauma is relative. It could be your mom emptying out your desk at school because you didn't bring home a permission slip, specific, relatable. Or, you know, it could be something, you know, that we associate more traditionally with trauma, but going on that sort of personal archaeological dig and figuring out like, where am I creating from that wounded place and then find some ways to heal it. And there are so many incredible healing modalities. Like what a time to be alive. Like you can go do ayahuasca, you can go do EMDR, you can go do neurofeedback, you can do talk therapy, you can do ceremony, you can like You can do breath work. You can do silence. There's so many ways to heal from trauma that are at our fingertips. You don't even have to leave your house. Thank goodness. Right. Thank you.
0: Absolutely. And the accessibility almost, dare I say, makes it feel like there's no reason for us to not be in this work because there are so many avenues. There's so many paths. I just think of Robert Frost, There are two
1: paths that diverge, but actually, Robert, there's so many. They're infinite. Yeah. And I think if anyone has any question about whether or not healing something would support their leadership and their overall success, just think back to the last bad boss you had. What if that person, like that person was probably wearing their wound on the outside. It was probably really obvious they were either insecure or threatened or they had a limiting belief that they need to control everything to succeed. Everybody knew. So, and nobody, you know, in, there's no situation in which everyone wouldn't have benefited from that person working on themselves.
0: Absolutely. Not to mention the people that are even closer to you in your home and family that will love you even more for diving into the work that matters.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes we have to reframe working on ourselves, especially in this time of like, air quotes, self care, we we kind of need to reframe like we're not healing for our own benefit only, healing your wound is the ultimate service to the people that you work with and the people that you live with and the people that you love with. Absolutely.
0: Oh, the people that we love with. <laughs> Makes me warm and fuzzy. Jack, right time. And the name of Uncorked, we wrap and we wrap with our favorite last question. And that is, what is currently making your heartbeat faster?
1: Okay, this is what comes up. What's making my heartbeat faster today is all of the incredible sparks that are popping off with everyone that I've been working with. This feels like such a juicy, exciting time. And I think it's because it's spring, but also who knows what's happening, stellar situations. The peonies outside my window are about to explode into bloom. There's bees everywhere. I love it. And that I just ordered a new book called Pleasure Activism from Adrienne Marie Brown, which I have this feeling ties all of this together. Beautiful. We will add the link below. Go for (laughs) Pleasure Activism. Jack,
0: thank you so much for your time. I love that our worlds have continued to sort of weave in and out, and yet forever I appreciate I appreciate the work you're doing in the world and I will say shout out and follow Jack Jennings because the content that you share online is always something I look forward to and I learn something from and I'm educated and it comes from a truly above the line place and I really appreciate that about you.
1: Thank you so much,
0: Steph.
2: Thanks for listening to this episode of Uncorked. Team Corker would love to invite you to join us at this year's Disrupt HR YVR happening June 6th at Science World. We are doing things differently this year with ASL interpretation available, childcare so that you can drop off your munchkin as you enjoy the show, a quick fire power panel of four amazing people, and a very special guest joining us from New York. Oh man, I think I've said too much about that. But tickets can be found on our website or our Instagram at the Corker Co. So come and get inspired to create a new future of work. Thanks for listening to this episode of Uncorked. The Corker Co. is actually turning five this year. And we want to celebrate with you at Kitts Beach in Vancouver on June 11th. We're going to meet at 6.30am, jump into the ocean, because every day is a great day to take the plunge in our eyes, and enjoy good treats on the beach with our friends. So come, help us celebrate at the Corker Splash. Link to register and more info is in our Instagram, at the Corker Co.